the most important thing about today is that Christ was baptized. That's actually how Martin Luther, some almost 500 years ago, pastor, teacher, founder of the Lutheran Church, that's how he began a sermon. The most important thing about today is that Christ was baptized. And when you start a sermon like that, it kind of begs the question, well, is that it? <laughs> Do you need any more? Was that the whole sermon right there? <laughs> if I already told you the most important thing, do I really need to talk for another few minutes? Why go on? Now, you kind of have to understand why Luther said that. And part of the reason was that he preached that sermon on the day of Epiphany. Now, we, in this congregation, in many congregations, celebrated this event, this day, this theme of Epiphany last week. It was the closest Sunday to the actual day of Epiphany. Back in Luther's day, on the day of Epiphany, they celebrated more readings than we do. So on Epiphany, every year, in this congregation, in many congregations, we talk about the Magi. Remember that? Those wise men who came from afar, they followed a star to see Jesus, the Savior of the nations, revealed to the world, and they brought gifts. Those are the Epiphany readings that we always read, that churches now, many churches, read and talk about and honor on the day of Epiphany. But back in Luther's day, the day of Epiphany was a lot busier because not only did they talk about the Epiphany, which means revelation, right? which means a light, which means this new thing, seeing God. Not only did they celebrate the Epiphany of the Magi, the wise men coming and following the star, they also celebrated the Epiphany of the baptism of Jesus which we just heard about. And God's voice splits the heavens and says, this is my beloved son. And they also talked about a third epiphany, which is when Jesus turned the water into wine at the wedding at Cana. Those were, in the ancient church, considered the three epiphanies, the three things that let people first know signs about Jesus, the Savior. And they talked about all of those on the day of Epiphany. We've slimmed it down, so we spread those out throughout the year. And on Epiphany, we only talk about the Magi. So Luther had all this stuff when he first preached this sermon that I started, and he wanted his congregation to know that the most important thing on that day, despite all these incredible stories and epiphanies, the most important one, according to Luther, was that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan. Now, epiphany is about light. It's about revelation. It's about seeing, having things made known that maybe before were unknown to us. So you might ask now, 2,000 years or so after the Gospels were written and 500 years after Luther 
made his statement about the most important thing, you might ask, well, what is there that's left that is unknown to us, right? We've had the Bible for a while now, and we've had sermons and stories for a long time, and preachers have carved out every little corner of what this text means and what it might means and what it definitely doesn't mean but sounds good anyways. And so you might wonder, well, what is left to be revealed? Hasn't everything been revealed already? But that's kind of the thing about light. If you think about a flashlight, when you shine it on something, it kind of illuminates other things, doesn't it, right? There's always more than just one thing that gets illuminated. And that's certainly true in these epiphanies of the Bible. Like the story of the Magi, these wise men who came from the East, of course it reveals something about Jesus. That was the point of the story. It revealed that God had revealed to people far away that Jesus was the Messiah, it revealed something about God, about Jesus. But it also revealed something about the Magi, about foreigners, about outsiders. It revealed something to us about outsiders because God was choosing to share something with them. And their gifts, even though they weren't the insiders, even though they weren't even the people of God, their gifts were accepted by Jesus. Right? Anytime light shines on something, other things get illuminated too. At Jesus' baptism, this voice of God, which very clearly reveals Jesus to be the beloved Son, the voice of God just says it, right? So it reveals that Jesus is God's beloved Son. But it reveals more than that. It reveals like a light shining down. It reveals more. It reveals something about us, too, in this world. So first, let's ask, well, what does the baptism of Jesus reveal about God? Jesus is the Word made flesh, right? Jesus is like God's message to us written in a person, in the way that we can most know it. And Jesus comes to us, and the Spirit comes to us, we hear in this lesson, like a dove. Spirit of God comes down like a dove, revealing to us the way that God comes to us, not just with power and might and force, but also in peace, in friendship. Jesus comes to us in peace. That doesn't mean everything will always be peaceful. In fact, the world was very unpeaceful when Jesus first came, and it is very unpeaceful now. But Jesus comes to us in peace. It also reveals that God coming to us is a little bit more complicated than we might think. For instance, Jesus is given two different, actually many different titles, but there's two kind of main titles 
When Jesus comes to us, he is both the Son of God, the Holy One, right? Son of the Most High. There is no one else like Jesus. He is begotten, not made. So one of the creeds says, we'll read it today. There is something incredibly special about Jesus. But on the other hand, Jesus comes to us as a servant. Those are two different images. In fact, Jesus comes to us as the suffering servant, which was an important character, an important theme already in the Hebrew scriptures. We heard some of it today from the prophet Isaiah. Did you hear that first text when God describes the chosen one, when God describes the Messiah, God says, here's my servant, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen and whom my soul delights. I've put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. God says he will not cry or lift up his voice even or make it heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. This prophecy from Isaiah helps us understand a different side of God's chosen one, of God's Messiah, a side that comes not just with power, but also in service, in peace. Maybe not the way that we would expect a Messiah to come. The chosen one of God comes as a servant to serve others. The chosen one, the special one, the perfect one comes with a job, a responsibility, a calling. When Jesus goes to the Jordan, to be baptized, he goes as the one and only Son of God, but he also goes to fulfill the will of God. He goes to answer a call to be a servant. All of that is revealed to us in this message, in this reading. Even though John the Baptist thinks that it should go the other way, that really Jesus should baptize him, right? Not the, way, the other way around. Jesus is baptized by John to show us how a servant lives as the chosen one of God. But this epiphany to us, this revelation about who God is, about who Jesus is, it reveals more. The light shining down reveals not just Jesus, reveals something to us about us and about this world. Because as obvious as our faults are, and it wouldn't take too long of looking around to see where the faults of humanity are, as obvious as that is and as broken as the world is, God values us. God loves us. God loves the world. That is revealed to us by God sending Jesus to this world. It doesn't just tell us about Jesus, it tells us about us, that even though we are broken, even though we cannot earn God's grace, 
still it's for us. And for some reason, God loves us enough to send the Son. Tells us something about the value of every one of us. When we see that God places the Son, the only begotten Son, in our midst, in this water around us, and when we hear that God calls him the beloved, then we see and hear that we too are beloved. Now, just as it is for Jesus, though, being beloved comes with a job, a responsibility, a calling. The light of Epiphany reveals more than we think. It reveals more about God than just about God or about Jesus or even about us. The light of Epiphany reveals the path in front of us. It reveals our calling and what we're called to do. It reveals the connections that we have to one another, to our neighbors. As Jesus showed, being beloved by God is not just a category to fall in, it's a calling to follow. Being baptized is not just a ritual that we do in the church, it's a responsibility, a path forward that we're all called down. We use these words when, uh, when an adult is baptized and we modify them a little bit. When a child is baptized, uh, responsibilities, this path, this calling, I would call it the job description of every Christian. We say this at a baptism in our liturgy. It says, you have made public profession of your faith. Do you intend to continue in the covenant that God made with you in baptism to live among God's faithful people, to be together with all those who have been called beloved, to hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, a calling to regularly be fed with the news of grace, the law and gospel that makes us God's people. We're called to proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed, to make this word embodied in our lives too, just like it was embodied in Christ through what we do in what we say. We're called to serve all people, following the example of Jesus. Just as Jesus comes as a servant, so we too who are baptized are called to be servants of all people. And then finally, the fifth one, to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. That's right. <laughs> We are called in our baptism, when a baby is baptized, called to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. We're called to make justice and peace in our homes. We're called to make justice and peace in our communities. We're called to make justice and peace in all the earth, around the world, in places like Iran. We're called to be peacemakers. That's a big calling, isn't it? These responsibilities sound like a tall order, don't they? 
sounds like responsibilities that we could never really live up to. Sound like responsibilities that if we tried to do all of them on like a checklist, if we went down the list, we would find ourselves all alone, called into places far away from what was comfortable and natural for us. Feel like maybe we were the only ones. And that's why Jesus also comes down into the waters of baptism where we are, where we are baptized. Jesus comes and joins us in this calling that we have been called to so that we are never alone because we cannot do it ourselves. Jesus joins us. Jesus also is baptized right alongside each of us. That's why it's the most important thing about today. Amen.